Hi, everyone, and welcome to the New Majority Investor Circle podcast, a podcast for everyday new majority investors looking to invest in founders who look like them. At the New Majority, we scan the top equity crowdfunding platforms for new majority founders, founders who identify as women, BIPOC, or LGBTQ. Every founder we feature is from underrepresented companies, building a company with a for-profit business model that has impact built in as measured by the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And of course, they're currently fundraising from you. Our mission is to close the racial and gender wealth gap through entrepreneurship and investing. With this podcast, we hope to give you a better understanding of who you're trusting your money with and how these founders aim to use your funds to have a broader impact on society while building upside. Welcome to today's episode of the New Majority Investor Circle podcast. Today, we have a special episode featuring two special guests from BabyQuip, Fran Meyer, CEO and founder, and Clara Trujillo, a quality provider. So imagine this. You're flying with your new little one, baby carrier holding the little guy in your front. You've got the backpack slung over your shoulder, diaper bag on the other, and your partner is struggling to keep up behind you with the stroller, both of your rolling suitcases, and of course, the sacks. Then you get to your destination and oh my God, the airline lost the stroller, right? And then the hotel doesn't even have a full-size crib after all, even though they said they did. So what if there was an easy way to rent essential baby gear, making your trip significantly easier? Spoiler alert, there is. <laughs> baby Quip offers traveling families a hassle-free way to rent essential baby gear. And BabyQuip is more than just a baby gear rental company. Akin to how Airbnb launched a wave of businesses through Airbnb Host, BabyQuip is a marketplace that offers an opportunity for parents to utilize the baby care they own to become entrepreneurs. Known as quality providers, there's over 1,900 QPs working with BabyQuip, many of whom are now actually investing in gear to build a side business. So launched in 2016, BabyQuip is now operating in over 1,500 locations and internationally, leading the charge in an $8 billion market of baby gear rental in North America. They survived COVID. They're on track to bring in $5 million in revenue this year. And as of this recording, which is November 7th, they're currently raising $3.5 million in preferred equity at a $29.7 million valuation through Angels, VCs, and you. So Fran, we were so excited to highlight you and BabyQuip as one of our featured founders and startups for Q4 of 2023. And Claire, I'm so excited. This is the first time we've ever had a special guest join. So thank you for joining us and welcome to the new Majority Investor Circle podcast. Thanks so much for having us. All right. So Fran, as of this time of recording, November 7th, BabyQuip is still open for investment until the second week of December. So can you just give us a quick 30-second pitch to investors? I'd love to. Mackenzie, BabyQuip is saving the family vacation. We deliver everything that a family needs from strollers, car seats, cribs, snooze, even toys to their destination when they're traveling. We know that families want to pack light and travel happy, and we help them do that. We do this through our secret sauce of nearly 2,000 quality providers. These are mostly moms who are building a business on our platform, renting the gear that families want. 
Thank you, Fran. And so for early stage startup investing, investors are often focused on the founder, right? And the team um, as one of the key decisions on whether to invest or not. Fran, you have been a serial entrepreneur, having founded multiple startups. Folks may have even heard of or even found love through your first startup, Match.com. So what led you to start BabyQuip? Why are you here? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, I've been a, a, a startup serial founder, super founder, actually, McKinsey is, is the word to use. And, super founder. Uh, super founder. And after my last company, Trust TrustArc, a privacy uh, certification and technology company, post-divorce, I moved from Alameda to San Francisco, uh, just across the bay bought a house in this neighborhood called Potrero Hill, up the street, literally from Airbnb, one block over, five blocks up. You know, San Francisco has a lot of up and down. <laughs> and uh, before you know it, I was renting rooms in my house on Airbnb. And within a few months, I bought a house in Santa Fe, where I live now, which is my hometown. And it got me thinking about this new way people are traveling with the vacation rentals. And I had families visiting me and I didn't have anything. And also this new way people are working. All of a sudden I was making really good money renting rooms in my home and, and, and in another home. And then I bought another one, right? And I started to think about the businesses that would emerge taking advantage of these trends. And at that point, and I'm talking about 2013, 2014, there were a lot of property management companies, but I didn't really feel that that was my sweet spot. And there were some cleaning companies. And it turns out in early 2016, I met a gal from Santa Fe who came out to Silicon Valley and she had started a baby gear rental business in Santa Fe. Now, Santa Fe's a destination. It's beautiful. Families love it, but it's not Anaheim or Orlando for that matter. And she was making really good money with the idea of creating a marketplace. And funny thing, in our first meeting, I told her I should be your CEO. So a little, little bit gutsy. She didn't say yes right away. But <laughs> we, we, we started the company in May of 2016. And that first part of, of that summer, I put some money of my own money into it to see how, how difficult would it be to onboard other what we now call quality providers, and how difficult would it be to get demand, to get customers? And honestly, when we put quality providers in market, we, we get business. I love that. We're going to go to you, Claire, in a second as the, the quality provider. I just want to do a little compare and contrast for you, Fran. So I'm a first-time founder, right? Building the new majority. And it's really hard to know if we're on track, um, or even if there is one really track towards success, right? So being a super founder, how would you compare where BabyClip is today versus say where Match.com or a former company was at the same point? Is there even oh, a comparison? Oh you know, I, I often say that BabyClip reminds me of Match.com. Okay. And because we're really solving a problem people care about, and we're solving it in through a marketplace model. I mean, online dating is a marketplace, you know? Uh, so, so the aspects of that, remember match when I was there was in 1995 to 1998, 
Babyclip in terms of revenue was far larger than Match.com was during that early stage that I was there. But of course, the internet is a whole different thing. I mean, back then, just a little bit of trivia here, in the early mid-90s, you couldn't upload a photo. Okay. <laughs> there was not mobile apps, right? In fact, people had to, most people were using dial-up to get on the internet. And some people don't even know what that is. Okay. It's what your parents might have done in the in the mid-90s. Okay. So completely different technology stack and, and all of that. But I think one of the things that vaulted Match.com to the lead, and which is also true for BabyQuip, is with Match, we our strategy was to get women. And by getting women, we thought we'd get men. To get women, we put a lot of focus on trust and safety. So our three words were safe, anonymous, and fun. Okay, back then, and anonymity was really important. So when I started BabyQuip, what I didn't see anywhere was anybody really putting a lot of focus on trust and safety. And I knew when you're dealing with babies, especially, that's super, super important. So so I definitely took some learnings from Match. And through my career, I've done a lot of Almost all my startups had something to do with brand trust, certainly TrustArc, women.com, bluelight.com. So so I think that is one of the things that really distinguishes BabyQuip and what my experience really brought to it. I think, yeah, that's one of the first things when I saw baby gear rental, I was like, especially if you're thinking about newborn parents who are, that safety is probably like the utmost concern and to rent you know, a car seat, that's a huge leap, but it's one that a ton of parents are making and, and the, the quality providers are, are essential to that. So Clara, when did you first come across BabyQuip? Yes, so I first came across BabyQuip in 2017. I was looking for a way to contribute financially to my family. Had four young children at that point. And I was also looking for something to do for myself outside of kind of motherhood that I found fulfilling. Um, and I was a, a member of a mom's group on Facebook. And there was a thread of a bunch of ladies just asking what they could do to earn some extra income. And somebody on there who is a QP still to this day mentioned that she was renting out baby gear. And since I had a lot of baby gear of my own, I thought that would be perfect. And so, yeah, here I am six years later and haven't looked back. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you've been around with BabyQuip basically since almost the beginning. What was the last vacation that you went on with your kids that you rented through BabyQuip? And walk us through what that experience was like. Yeah, so um, last one was um, we went to Maui. Really, once you know where you're going, you can use the BabyQuip app or you can log on to babyquip.com. And you type in the area where you're visiting and then the um, it will ask you your date and then it will provide a list of all the quality providers in that area. It shows how many reservations they've had. Everyone has the opportunity to write um, about the areas they serve and then how many items they have available for rent. So you can just scroll down the list, 
have a look at different ones, see if they have the gear that you like, choose your gear, add it to cart, and boom. And then when you arrived in Maui, you know, you landed from the airport, you went to where you were staying. What gre- What was the experience like after that? Um, yeah, everything was just there, ready to go. Seamless delivery and pick up at the end. Once you're finished with it, you can leave it in your in your rental. You can meet the quality provider and they'll collect everything. It really, we all work just to providing a, a seamless and easy situation really is just what we all strive to do make it easy as possible for it because travel can be stressful with young ones so we can alleviate any of that additional stress and mental load that's what we're here for I love it and then you get to go to the airport with just your suitcase and you don't have to lug that stroller that crib that yeah exactly or worry about it getting lost or damaged indeed Beyond the gear, we also do things like the the binkies and um, and diapers and bulky things like that that you need at your destination. We will go and we will purchase those items for you. Or um, I had, for example, a guest whose baby started rolling over in their sleep and they needed a specific type of swaddle and they sent an SOS to me. I went and bought it for them and delivered it to them, you know, that day ready for ready for sleep that night so it's not just cribs it's all everything like anything you could imagine and babies need a lot of stuff babies need a lot of stuff definitely I was like we didn't even touch on the sustainability aspect but that's that's huge within baby quip as well yeah you know sad to say that when my children were young we once took a trip to Hawaii and we bought and dumped I know. Give me a dirty look. That's fine. No more buying and dumping. Yeah. Our quality providers get a lot of use out of their gear before they retire it. And that's good. That's really good. So from my understanding, right, Fran, QPs undergo extensive background checks, right? And and training. It's not to say probably being a parent is one of the top levels of like training to become a quality provider. But then there's all this extra onboarding that's done to really make sure that the gear is top notch, you know, everything is safe and to the point about trust and safety. Yes. So we do quite a bit to reinforce trust and safety. It starts with identifying and onboarding the quality provider. Now, mm-hmm. most of them are moms and like Clara, many of them start with gear that they already own, but most of them end up buying more gear, having multiple car seats, cribs, strollers, etc because they're really building a business on our platform. So from the very get-go, they go through an application, then they get an interview. So like a Zoom interview, maybe a phone interview. We really wanna make sure they understand not just the process of becoming a quality provider, but our expectations of what a quality provider is. We then do a background check, which you could argue, is it necessary? It's not like Clara is babysitting the children or even interacting with the children. But again, we're going above and beyond on trust and safety. We train them also on cleanliness and we make sure none of their inventory is on any sort of recall list or or, or is contrary to what the American Society of Pediatrics 
recommends. So we we don't rent blankets for, for babies because that's against the standards of the American Pediatrics. So they upload their inventory. We make sure everything's fine. But we go beyond even that. We have liability insurance that covers the quality provider. It covers the company, of course. But that quality provider, she does not want to uh, risk getting sued or something like that. I'll be honest with you, we've never even had a claim and I'm knocking on the wood, but that's really critical. It also keeps orders on the platform. You know, Clara doesn't want somebody to pay her cash and, and deliver the gear. And then if something were to happen, she'd have no protection whatsoever. Pretty critical to have that liability insurance. And let me tell you, we spent a lot of money on that liability insurance. So very hard to get. I think we had to get to a certain scale but absolutely essential to our quality providers and so on. One of the things I'd like to point out, and Claire is a member of this, we have a private Facebook community where our quality providers post all kinds of things, photos of how they pack their car, deals on, on at Walmart or Target or Amazon on baby gear, a celebration of, of a milestone of how many orders they got. But I'd also say that that community really reinforces the ideas of hospitality and clean and safe. And, and that's priceless. I think that's so interesting. <clears throat> Just the, the emphasis from the trust and safety, but also because Baby Quip is a marketplace, right? So you're trying to build both supply and demand at the same time. But I think we started really first with the supply, right? And so yeah. you, you, again, you've been there from essentially the beginning. So Claire, can you walk us through what it looks like when you get an order through Baby Quip? Kind of what is your, what's your process? What's your special sauce and or secret sauce as a quality provider? Yeah, so first of all, we hear that very exciting chime of an email coming through. And we received the email confirmation, reservation, all the notes, you know, the names, the ages of the child, how many, their interests. Um, and then because we use that to curate each toy package, um, we personalize them to the child's interest likes. And then we, as quality providers, we reach out to the customer within the first 24, 48 hours, make contact so they have all of our information. They can reach us if they have any questions. We confirm all of the gear that they would like the date, the address, and then depending on how far out the reservation is, we'll reach back out nearer to the time to confirm delivery times. Yeah, I think our big thing is just having open communication with the customer so they feel they can definitely trust us and they know that we are going to deliver on what they ordered. I love that. And I'm thinking about this as baby gear, right? And what are the ages that we're focusing on, Fran? Newborn to three plus. You know, we we okay. also have toy packages for older kids. Many of the QPs, if they're in a beach destination, will rent beach gear, you know, umbrellas, chairs. Um, Which is um, not necessarily yeah. age specific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it could get a little older. Okay, so you've been doing this since 2017. You live in Colorado. Have you had any repeat customers? Oh, I have a lot of repeat customers. Yeah, and my customers are so nice and friendly and they'll text me, hey, Clara, we're coming out again and we'd love to rent from you. We love what you did last time. Um, so that really makes me so happy that they had such a great experience the first time around or second or third. I have, 
I have five, six year repeat customers, you know, from their first child to their third, fourth child and friends and family referrals. And I love that. It makes me so happy. Mackenzie, we have a 94 net promoter score, which is like world class. Like most brands you love don't have a 94 net promoter score. And that's because we do go do the above and beyond and people tell their friends. And also having, if you have a great experience with your first child to that point of coming back with your second, third, fourth, and you know that there's going to be a new toy set that's, you know, carefully curated for each one. I remember being a kid and going to somebody's house and seeing a whole new set of toys. Wow. (laughs) Would definitely go back on that vacation again. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Claire, tell us a little bit more. Again, I feel like I keep coming back to this, but this is incredible that you've been building with Baby Quips since 2017. So what is maybe one of the biggest challenges that you faced as a quality provider? And then how did Baby Quip help solve that challenge for you? Yes. So I would say really during COVID um, was the biggest challenge that all of us, the team, all of the quality providers faced was literally all of our orders just were refunded, canceled, dropped, and then nothing in the future because it was so nobody knew what was going to happen. And so um, what was really great was that Baby Quip was able to pivot and focus on ways to help all of us, um, not only the people that were trying to travel still, um, and also us as providers to still make some income. They really focused on building trust and our cleaning and processes and training, not only from internally, but also manufacturers of baby gear. We had lots of training on how to clean things the proper way, the correct way, yeah, there was just a time to really make sure everybody was following all the processes, just really instill trust and safety in in baby quip as a whole and as a as from an outside perspective. Yeah, so so what Claire was referring to is we bought a baby gear cleaning business so that the quality providers could clean the, mostly strollers and car seats for local families. And remember, during the pandemic, clean was the thing, you know? I don't think there was such a thing as too too much clean. This was like the days of wiping down your groceries. So I can't, again, I can't even imagine with the car seats. And and I also want to share a fun fact. On March 6, 2020, our appearance on Shark Tank was, was broadcast. Okay, March 6, 2020. I had a party at my house in San Francisco. And that was the last party people went to for like almost two years probably. So we were anticipating a big upswing because we had a very positive experience on, on Shark Tank. We certainly got traffic, but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that was quite a whiplash, right? Expecting kind of that bump whiplash. from Shark Tank. So I'm often asked what was the most challenging and it would be, I'd be hard pressed to say anything was more challenging for our marketplace than, than the pandemic. And, but you've seen a, a big rebound, right? Since COVID, oh, yeah. we've come back. Starting in February, I'd say February of 2021, mostly starting in Florida, we mm-hmm. saw a big uptick. And turns out that 2021 was about three and a half times 2020. 2022 was, was double 2021. And this year, we're growing at a rate of about 40%. But I also think there's an important thing that came out of the pandemic 
that is helping us now is that travel is no longer just a luxury or a nice to have. I think now people's families view travel as essential. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think there's essential. And then I also think there's, um, if it if it is a, a non-essential and it's for a luxury or for fun, I think there's a lot more emphasis on bringing your family and kind of making sure that it's a, a really wonderful experience and memories, especially for some of the kids. Th- this could be their first trip that they've taken in their life and they're three or four. Yeah. So I want to bring those numbers then just to the 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 numbers from Baby Quip down into the individual level. Claire, so I have read, right, that during summer and holiday seasons, right, I think those are the, probably the highest volume that Baby Quip is doing, that QPs can earn over $1,500 or up to $1,500 per month. So how has your business evolved as a QP with Baby Quip from, say, 2017? We heard a little bit about the COVID era and then to today. Yes. Um, so I am in um, right in the ski mountains, Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm between Aspen and Vale. So I serve Aspen, Snowmass, Beaver Creek, Vale. Um, obviously, it's very busy for ski season as well, but we also have a very strong summer market as well. There's lots of festivals and hiking. And yeah, so I do have a couple of what we call off season, shoulder season, um, quiet months. But apart from that, it's pretty, it's busy mostly the whole entire year. Yes, I started in 2017. I just had one crib and I was, I just started with the hope of making an extra 100, 200 a month. Just, I, I didn't really know where it would go. And here I am six years later, I now have a 1300 square foot kind of mini warehouse. And I have, um, gosh, I think about 25 cribs. And, you know, I have, I do have very big months where I can earn up to $20,000 a month. Um, Not every month, but, you know, so really it's far exceeded anything I could ever have imagined. And tell us what you do with the extra money. um, Bills, travel, because I like to travel as well and I have you know four children and three of my girls are they dance competitively um so we yeah. use it for that as well so I always have things to put the money towards <laughs> that's wild Clara like yeah. I think that that's going to spark some ears because again when we think baby gear rental right from from baby quip I'm thinking about from moms I'm thinking about from parents I'm thinking from the person who the customer who is coming right but you're not you're coming at it from one side, but also from the quality providers that one aspect that sets baby quip apart is beyond the emphasis on trust and safety, I think is also really the personal relationships, right? So on your website, when you uh, introduce your team, you do it with baby pictures and dreams from the team members childhood. So Fran, would you like to share what your dream was? Oh, I thought I should be a president of the United States. Needless to say, <laughs> and I, Clara, don't, I don't want that job now. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> and Clara, what was what was your dream when you were a child? A child, what was your what was your dream job? Um, originally, my dream job was to be a veterinarian, animal obsessed, and then actually changed to travel, see the world. I backpacked around. You know, when I was younger, I did a lot of backpacking, and yeah, just to continue that. Do you go backpacking with your children? Well, 
um not so much backpacking a bit more luxurious <laughs> these days <laughs> um but you know I hope they will um when they're older and have those same experiences that I did amazing well it sounds like you are actually living the, one of the dream jobs that, that you had mentioned Fran maybe can you share some of who the target customer profiles are and where you they pulled you into different growth opportunities. We started with family vacations, but kind of where else are you exploring and where do you see the growth? You know, um, so quality providers like Clara, Clara, I bet you rent even family snow gear. Given yes, your I do indeed. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what we have seen is that quality providers are very entrepreneurial and very eager to build their business. And, and they know their local market much better than we could ever know. So what we have seen is quality providers like Clara in, in ski towns have snow gear of some kinds, probably not skis, but you know jumpsuits and things like that. In beach towns, they're renting beach balls and umbrellas and chairs and stuff like that. And, and then we found that a bunch of them were doing parties. They were doing kids parties. So last year we made a whole new category called party. And this is soft play and multiple pieces of furniture and toys and things like that for kids parties. We've got, over, I think close to a hundred quality providers doing that now. We'll probably roll it into its own experience. We are looking at potentially doing what I call outquip, which is outdoor gear, recreational gear. And again, it's because our quality providers are already doing it. Another category could be pet quip. So a lot of people like to travel with their pets, but the pets need beds, crates, things like that. So we're looking at a range of things that we can use our proprietary platform to deliver and also tap into our quality provider network. Now, if you think about recreational gear, right now, maybe not all of them will do it. So we'll probably reach out to another demographic of quality provider for that kind of gear. But it will still have the same emphasis on cleanliness, safety, hospitality. And so, Fran, as you're looking ahead, right, and we, you are the first baby gear rental marketplace to expand internationally, right? And then you're also talking about pet quip, out quip all of these different, the party category, which I love. So how are you thinking about balancing the international expansion with category expansion? What's kind of the strategic focus and while still maintaining those kind of high KPIs, that 95% that you know, recommendation rate? Yeah, so that's a good question. And we're going to be, and this is why we're raising money. We have a real opportunity internationally. You know, from the get-go, we knew we want to be wherever a family travels. And we see on Babyquip that family destinations like Hawaii, Southern California, Florida are, are, are our biggest markets, right? So, of course, we're in the Caribbean. Of course, we, we're in Mexico. From the get-go, we were in Canada. Um, and now we're in Australia, New Zealand, a number of cities in Europe. Um, and we're, we're trying to go where, where our customers go, but also... Our reputation has gone international as well. We are also working with a lot of hotel chains, a lot of vacation rental property managers. You know, about 40% of our business is Airbnb and VRBO hosts. And so 
we need to go where those companies want to see us. So international is pretty much a must do. And we'll be working on strategies to expand into some of these other categories. One of the nice things about Babyquip as a business is we don't own any inventory. We don't own any gear. So our capital expense to expand is not that high. And especially now that we have nearly 2,000 quality providers on the network, or I should say community, that's going to make it a lot easier to scale up. And as of this recording, again, this is November 7th, the crowdfunding campaign is well on its way to achieving 1 million, of raising 1 million through crowdfunding, right? And so first off, massive congratulations. Let's just take a, a moment to applaud that. That's not easy. Um, a couple of questions. So what percentage of investors have actually come from the Baby Quip community? And then second question is, what are the target milestones for this funding? So what should we expect to see when we close this round, maybe in the next six months and then in the next year? Okay, so one of the reasons why we did crowdfunding is because we have this community of quality providers who want to support the company, want to be part of it. And we have, you know, over 250,000 customer names uh, of customers who are very happy. So and so we're the kind of brand who should do crowdfunding to really harness all that energy and momentum. To get our quality providers, most of them do not qualify for accredited investor status. And we want to make it easy. So that's why we set our minimum at $250. I think it's $249 and change. Because almost anybody could do it. I would say we have a few hundred um, yeah, maybe it's closer to a couple of hundred quality providers who participated, but many of them at, at those lower levels. Yeah, I think uh, by then the next year, we want to get to 3,000 quality providers. I just hired a fellow who worked at Lyft, uh, which is a marketplace, to join our team to be in charge of quality provider growth and satisfaction. We want to hit some milestones in terms of some of the international locations, such as Mexico, Spain, UK, France, to really see the flywheel going. You know, we get about 20% of our quality providers from just being customers, right? And I think we're going to want to show that we can spin out some of these new experiences like Party into its own experience. Okay, so in addition to seeing, we should see our quality providers expand, uh, see some definition around those categories, um, and then continued international expansion. So love it for the families who are booking their European or New Zealand travel, right, for, for next year. And I'm going to circle back here into, in addition to being a quality provider, Clara, you are also an investor in BabyQuip. Why did you invest in BabyQuip? Have you invested in startups before through equity crowdfunding? Um, no, so this was my very first time. I'm a novice in in investing like this. And I just love the, as Fran said, they make it very easy. The entry point is low and investing in, you know, the traditional ways, a daunting process and something that's not accessible to, to everybody. So this is great. You know, I really believe in BabyQuip and its mission. I've been on the customer side where I needed the gear and so you know I believe in Fran and the team and baby Crip's success is my success 
as well. And I just, I love the fact that I get to kind of play a helping hand in that success. I love this. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And then, so Clara, um, you said that this is the first investment that you've made through equity crowdfunding, right? So what, what better due diligence than literally being on a user of the company, right? A customer, but also a provider. So one, I think from a due diligence perspective, you said you're a novice investor, but I think that's better due diligence than a lot can do. Um, How do you think about this investment relative to your broader investment portfolio? I mean, I just feel more um, that I have a a deeper connection with this one. And um, it's more exciting because I can see its journey and um, I just know the background. And it's more fun (laughs) as well. So... I don't, I love it. I think it's great. Amazing. I I mean, I say the same thing for the new majority investor circle, right? It's for those who are angel curious, it's those who um, are learning about making these types of investments. And what is the best way to learn is really by doing and getting to see kind of what comes out of these investments and follow the journeys of the companies that, that we're featuring. If you would like to do your due diligence on BabyQuip as a quality provider, hop on over to info.babyquip.com forward slash quality dash provider and tell them the new majority sent you. Or if you'd like to do your due diligence as a customer, use the code the new majority and receive 20% off rental baby gear through the end of the year. So perfect win-win to do a little due diligence, but also make that next vacation with your baby a little bit easier. And then Fran, I have the same question for you. So have you invested through equity crowdfunding before prior prior to, I mean, you were one of the first investors in BabyQuip one in your time, but then of course also in your capital, but have you invested in equity crowdfunding before? And, and if so, kind of how, who was it and how did it turn out? Yeah, I hate to say it, Mackenzie, I really haven't. Uh, in part because I'm a limited partner and a, a few different uh, VC funds. And I also have done some angel investing outside of crowdfunding. And I could tell you if I putting my angel investing hat on, I'd say half are out of business. Most of the other half have are at least at an A round. And one gave me a nice payout. I think it was about $30,000 on a $5,000 investment. So I'm doing pretty good. I would also say that my financial advisor would say I'm way too uh, concentrated in high risk investment activities. <laughs> so I I try to keep that, you know, I'm a founder, other founders, they love businesses. I, you know, I sit on the investment committee for a small VC fund and I fall in love with the investors. I mean, the founders all the time. Well, and I'm thinking about that as far as um, equity crowdfunding goes, right? We we definitely are not trying to talk about investing in private companies as your direct pathway to success, right? This is incredibly risky, but I also think it's one of the best ways to, to learn about businesses. And maybe I also fall in love with founders a little bit uh, all the time. <laughs> um, so Fran, then the question is, hearing the track record that you just shared, right? Where do you see Baby Quip growing to? What is that big audacious goal? And then really for Clara, for myself, for the rest of your investors, what is the exit opportunity that you're seeking, that you're pushing for? 
Yeah. So first of all, we aim to be the international leader in baby gear rental. And we think that that opportunity is in the tens of billions of dollars. And, you know, in that respect, we're going to be a lot like the Airbnb of baby gear. But I also think that we're probably going to end up being one of the very largest rental platforms in the world as we get into some of these other categories. It's going to take a while because marketplaces take a while. But I think the reservoir of trust that we have with our customers and the the relationships we have with our community is really going to help us scale into new categories really much more quickly. In terms of exit opportunities, they're the typical ones that most startups have. A potential acquisition, I would say most likely for the baby gear business with other travel vacation rental oriented platforms, let's say Expedia, Verbo, Airbnb, Booking, companies like that. It could also be big box companies, a Walmart, a Target, and so on, who want who see the relationship we have with our customers and want to uh, carry that into their own experience. And it could be some of these other large platforms on the internet who want to expand their base of customers. Right now, I'm focused on building a great company with a great brand, with wonderful growth. And that's the best way to spend my time. I agree as an investor within Baby Quip. And at the new majority, right, investing is not just about the financial capital, while that's obviously important, but there's other forms of capital and value that we can bring to the table. So what is your ask of your new majority investors beyond the dollars? Well, if they want to be a quality provider, happy to have them. If they um, work in hospitality, we would love to have an affiliate relationship with you. If you feel you've got a skill set that we really need, be it in marketing, recruiting, uh, technology, and so on, let us know. And uh, I'm always open to, to new ideas. What I really get a lot of inspiration from is when the quality providers share in our private community, when they have a milestone or a particular guest experience, it's amazing. And the three, there's there's more than this, but, you know, one quality provider talked about that because of Baby Quip, she was ta- able to take her own family to Disney World, which is expensive, okay? Another gal said that she loved her career, but when she gave birth to a special needs child, she had to drop out of, of, of her career. But then she picked up Baby Quip and she could do Baby Quip with her child. And she loved that and thanked us for that. And then another one left an abusive relationship, didn't know how she was going to support her family. And again, Baby Quip came to the rescue. I I love it that there's a tradition that when they hit a milestone, they often share what a difference Baby Quip made in their lives. And that's where I get a lot of inspiration. I love it that we're creating entrepreneurs. We're teaching them, and I've talked a lot about safety, cleaning, but also hospitality, affiliate marketing, social media marketing. Those skills will make a difference in their lives beyond Baby Quip. 
I love that. I also like that there's this ritual of posting and celebrating everybody's wins. Thank you, Clara and Fran, so much for joining the new majority and the new majority investors circle. It was so wonderful and genuinely heartwarming uh, to hear from both of you on BabyQuip building both the business of BabyQuip and building your business on BabyQuip. So if you would like to join Fran, Clara and the rest of the new majority investor circle, your chance is open now through December 11th when uh, Baby Quip's campaign ends. So thank you again, Clara and Fran, very much. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you. If you loved what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast and share with another Angel Curious friend. A big thank you to our investor circle members who support our podcast. And if you're not already a member, check out the show notes or go to the newmajorityinvest.com to join today.